bit emotional today. I'm a little bit emotional today. All right. What's going on, everybody? This is Real Talk. I am Ben Tompkins. We're presented by Nobody Currently, but if you're looking for a place to go and get your hair cut, go see my man Tyler Pope. He owns the barbershop Fades on 4th. It's right on the heart of UofL's campus. And if you mention my name, Benny T, he's going to give you the Supreme Service haircut. It's valued at 60 bucks. Mention my name, he's going to give it to you for 35 because I'm the plug and he's got you if you're looking for that fresh fade. I call him the godfather of the fade. That's my guy, so go see him and tell him I sent you. He'll get you taken care of. All right, uh, so a couple things here. This is going to be a different episode, and I have an Uber Stories episode ready to go, but we're going to do that next week, and if you're brand new to the show, uh, welcome in, my friends. It's very good to have you with us. I'm going to be doing a lot of things in the next few weeks and really over the course of this year, but but really getting aggressive in trying to grow the show, getting more numbers, getting more people, and as I've been doing this and doing this and doing this, it's going to continue to take off and... Uh, you being here is evidence of that, so welcome in, and for my day ones, you guys are probably going to get uh, a little bit tired of hearing this kind of same spiel, but Drake once said that every picture that is taken is the fan that you can gain, and even though I'm not taking pictures right now, every time I do one of these intros and I got new people listening and I've advertised this show and now I got new eyeballs and every single person that's listening is a fan that I can gain and so I got to give them the elevator pitch. So if you're brand new to the show, it's a really simple premise. I don't ever want anybody to feel as shitty and alone as abandoned as I felt at different points in my life and I kind of was doing um, the sales thing and then I was doing sports radio and I was a journalist once upon a time and then COVID hit and I had to kind of figure out what I was going to do next, but I had been doing this sports radio show, and every once in a while, I had started driving for Uber, and I would come on, and I would tell my sports radio audience, oh my God, you guys are not going to believe what this person was telling me. It was a crazy story. It was the most funniest thing I've ever heard in my life, and uh, people started calling and texting in asking for more Uber stories. So once COVID hit and sports were canceled, I was like, all right, well, cool. I'm just going to build a studio at my condo and start driving for Uber full time, make the podcast all about the people that I meet, keep all of the stories anonymous so as not to out anybody. That's not what we're doing here, okay? Everybody's identity is secret unless somebody's like, yeah, go ahead, share, you know? But uh, yeah, all the stories are anonymous. And imagine if Dr. Phil hosted Taxi Cab Confessions. That's basically how I break it down to people. They're like, oh, what's your podcast about? I'm like, all the people that I meet driving for Uber. It's basically Taxi Cab Confessions meets Dr. Phil and sometimes meets Tucker Max. So I think that should probably give you a pretty good range of what we got going on here. And 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 like I said, it's it's a pretty simple concept. Um I've been through a lot of shit in my life and I never want anybody to feel as low as I have and as low as I do struggling with bipolar. Uh, I'm bipolar too. I go up, I go down, I go every which way and uh, that's life, man. That's life. And so I get a lot of good rides with people and uh, it's all real. Real people, real stories, 
Real talk, that's who I am, that's what I do. So you can follow along on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at BennyTomp18 across all social media. If you want to follow along on the Facebook page, check that out. It's Real Talk W Benny T. Um, I do a lot of music. You know, a big part of driving around all day is having some really good tunes for people to vibe with. So I make a lot of playlists, a lot of my own playlists. Um, they're all up on Apple Music and on Spotify. Again, if you'll just type in at BennyTomp18, I'm up there. So all of the music that I use on this show is in a playlist called Real Talk with Ben Tompkins. Hey, how about that one? Uh, I have a bunch of different playlists. Uh, Uber Bangers is, is what I typically will listen to. I got a Sunday service playlist that I play on Sundays, and that's my sole playlist. Some Motown hits, you know, Marvin Gaye, Al Green, Temptations, The Four Tops. I, that, that, that's a big part of me. Uh, also, speaking of me, Middle School Me is a punk rock playlist. I have Another Day in the Trenches. That's what I listen to when I go to the gym. That's just rap. That's just straight rap, baby. 2000s and 2010 bangers. And uh, all of that music is up. And so you can go and check that out on Apple Music and on Spotify. And listen, if you're here, okay, and if I have your attention, and the more that I break it down to people and people ask, what's your show about? And I tell people and I start talking to people or I introduce this in different groups on social media, the feedback that I mostly get is, wow, that's really interesting. That sounds like a really cool thing. And they meet me and they're like, okay, I kind of like this guy. All right, let's see where this goes. So you guys have a really unique opportunity in that you're getting in at the ground floor. I mean, I'm, I'm unsigned. I don't even have a sponsor right now because the, the sponsor that I had before kind of had some cold feet, I think, some hesitations. And I get that, you know. Uh, one thing I'll say if you are brand new, if foul language offends you, this is not the podcast for you. I'm just going to be very honest about that. Uh, I, I don't filter myself unless it's hate speech. Um, there's a couple words that I'm probably sure that you can probably guess what those are. I'm not going to do any kind of a racial hate speech word, even though I get a lot of, not not in a hateful way, but uh, I substitute HIDA for, you know what? I mean, and uh, but I keep it real. I keep it real, and the the way that my writers talk to me, they cuss. Listen, adults cuss. It's a crazy thing. Everybody wants to pearl clutch and be like, "Oh my God, cuss words!" But like, listen, this is how people talk, and this is how I talk. So you might hear "fuck" a lot, a lot, a lot. Maybe you know, maybe sometimes I keep it, you know, down to like a. I, I'd say like over under on the podcast is probably like seven. I don't know probably more. <laughs> I don't know. I don't keep track of it because I don't give a fuck. There you go. There's two right there. Um, yeah, we're off to a really good start today. But uh, usually I'll take the best five stories from the week before. I do new episodes every Wednesday and uh, they're all anonymous and they're all real. And, and it's really good. You know, sometimes I get really savage stories. Sometimes I get really funny stories. And uh, a lot of times, my favorite stories are the ones where somebody gets in the car and, and they just open up their life story. They start sharing with me, hey, how's it going? Well, actually, I'm having a pretty fucking rough day. Uh, well, why is that? Well, and then they just go into it and they just unload. And, and, and it's, it comes back to this thing of, you know, when you sit down on an airplane with somebody or if you get in an Uber and you're talking to the driver, if the driver actually talks to you, right? And it's incredible what we'll share with a complete stranger. 
because it's almost like this thing where you don't think that you're ever going to see this person again. And so what the hell, right? Why not? Why not just absolutely give them the the nitty gritty and, and the juicy details because you're never going to see them again. And a lot of times we'll share stuff with strangers that we won't even share with our wife or our husband or our, our children, our best friends, our parents, whoever, right? Our coworkers, definitely not our coworkers. But it's it's a it's a phenomenon. You get somebody like me that is really just genuinely interested to ask people all day long, hey, how you doing? You know? And if they tell me that they're not doing great, well then I take it upon myself to be like, yo, I don't want this person to be down. I don't want this person to feel like I've felt and, and feel like I feel up and down, up and down, up and down. And we're going to get to that because that's a lot of what this episode is, a down. And uh, we'll get to that in a second. But it's just, it, it's one of those things where I, I gas my people up. I gas my people up. And uh, right now I do it in Louisville, Kentucky. That's that's where I'm from. All right, 502, the Derby City. That's what we do. And eventually, I'd like to, you know, I've only been doing this since, full-time since uh, June 2020. So right after the quarantine lifted, June 1st, man, I I just hit the road running. And uh, in the past, you know, seven, eight months, we've continued to grow week over week, month over month, and I'm very happy about that. And now that I've got a little bit of money saved up, I'm advertising a little bit more, I'm doing some other things in order to drive some growth and some audience uh, in, in order to come and and find this and be like, wow, this is a really great idea. I really like this. Uh, thank you, thank you very much. You know, and if you do, please let me know with a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd really appreciate that. I don't always talk this fast. Sometimes just when I get excited, I'm a little bit excited today. Uh, you know, I'll I'll, I'll kind of go the, the kid with the motor mouth. That's what they call me. Okay. Eventually, okay. Here's what I'm getting to is I'm in Louisville now. You got to grow where you're planted. Eventually, I'd like to continue to grow and uh, do different seasons in different cities. There's no reason that I can't be doing this same thing. Just pick this concept up and go plant it somewhere else. Uber Stories Miami, Uber Stories Chicago, Las Vegas, Bay Area, Philadelphia. Those would be some wild stories, I'm sure. Philly, uh, I mean, New York. That's the thing with some of those bigger cities, though. In New York, you might be doing a lot of rides that are like five minutes each, you know? In Louisville, I have an opportunity where some of the rides that I do are as long as 30 minutes. And I even put one person all the way up from Louisville to Cincinnati. And that took like it was it was north of Cincinnati ended up being a two hour and 20 minute ride it was fat it was it was it was great it was great but um part of part of doing this is uh just doing it here and over the spring and the summer what I'm going to start flirting with every month I'm going to be going to a different city and I will be just crashing on a friend's couch basically from a Thursday to a Sunday, driving all weekend long and starting to build upon that concept of, okay, Uber Stories Cincinnati, Uber Stories Nashville, Uber Stories Atlanta, and starting to kind of branch out right in these cities, these bigger cities that are really close to me in Louisville. Uh, Uber Stories Charlotte, I've got friends or step-siblings or somebody that I know that's going to let me crash on their couch. Um, and uh, I'll start kind of like flirting with that. And when that person took me all the way up to Cincinnati, now normal people, they'd, they'd see a request 
going from Louisville to Cincinnati and be like, fuck, no, I'm not going to do this ride. Like, I got, because the thing is, if you don't have a ride coming back down, then you're going to turn off the app and you're going to drive on your own gas in time to get back home. That was a late night, but it was worth it because that day let me prove the concept of, okay, now while I'm up here in Cincinnati, I'm going to drive for a couple more hours, get a few more stories, hand out a few more of these business cards when people ask, so is this all you do? And then we go into it. I, I give them the elevator pitch. And uh, it's it's just one of those things that is going to be built over time and consistency. And I cannot, I cannot thank my day ones enough who have been with me since June and since the very first episode, Allow Me to Reintroduce Myself comes out. And uh, we covered a lot in that one. That's a that's a really good one. That's a really good one. The New Year's special is also a really good one. If you start to go back and listen to some of these older ones, um, I will say the very first couple Uber Stories episodes that I do, I didn't really have the format down yet, and I didn't even have, I don't even think I had like the sizzle cut transition in between them. Um, so really the way to go about these is just to kind of start going back just previous weeks. So, um, you know, next week is going to be Uber Stories Part 27. The previous week, last week, was Uber Stories Part 26. Just start kind of going back 26, 25, 24. Uh, I think a lot of people do it that way, and that's that's really probably the way to go because uh, in the beginning, we were just kind of figuring it out. We were just kind of seeing what works, and then over time, um, been doing this for enough that... Uh, I kind of got the, all right, we're not going to try to do every single story that I got in the last week. We're just going to take the five bests, I'll write them up, um, give them a title, and uh, put them out, and and there we go. Um, so yeah, that's the podcast. Welcome in. Um, follow along on social media. Leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or on Facebook if you're inclined to do that. And uh, it's some good stuff, man. The other thing is there are going to be people who are listening to this right now, and you might not live in Louisville. You might not even live in the United States. I, I, I have some international listeners, believe it or not, okay? If you have found this episode and you've stumbled upon this podcast and uh, you're here now, then that means you're riding with me. That means we ride together. And you might not get the chance to physically ride with me in the car. Um, if I'm not in your city, then I might not be able to give you a ride, right? But... Just like my writers, when they get in and they say, hey, I need some life advice. I need some fucking real talk, man. Can you please give me something? Not that people necessarily ask me, you know. Some of it is unsolicited. But we just start talking and then I I, I just kind of, hey, listen, man. Or, hey, listen, girl, you know. like. And uh, if you want that. If you want that, I've created this new segment. It's a listener segment. I call it The Doctor Is In, and it's Play on the Peanuts. And I will have a segment at the end of this where I've got another submission this week, and uh, this is about a breakup, and so this person is kind of dealing with it, needs a little bit of life advice, and so the doctor is in, right? Just like Lucy would sit there, and Charlie Brown would come in, and she'd be at that little stand with the little nickel sign on it, the doctor is in. That's me, baby. That's me. That's what I do. That's what I do for my people, you know? So if you email me, BennyTomp18 at gmail.com, okay, and title it The Doctor Is In. Uh, send me what you got. Send me what you're dealing with. If, if And it doesn't always have to be like, oh my gosh, everything's going wrong. Can you please help me out? You know, it could be just good stuff that you want to celebrate too, you know? Send me good news. That that That's excellent, okay? But a lot of times, life advice segments like this, 
you got something that you're curious about, you want a little bit of input or insight, and uh, you want to know what to do, I got you. I got you. So email me, and just like all the stories on the show, I'll keep it a thousand percent anonymous, so I won't share anything about your real name, where you work, unless you include that kind of stuff in it and, and say, hey, it's cool if you share this. If I don't see that, if I don't see that disclaimer, hey, it's cool you say where I work or where I live, then I'm probably just not going to share it, even if you forgot to do it. And that way, no one really runs the risk of being outed, but being like, oh, wait, I didn't mean to put my employer in there. Like, listen, it's cool. I won't put that in there, okay? Unless you explicitly say, hey, I don't care. Go ahead and say it. Then um, we're just... We're just going to keep it anonymous. So get your life advice submissions in. The doctor is in. I'm here all week. I'm here all week. So email me and uh, we'll get you taken care of. Now, if you are joining us for the very first time, this is kind of an interesting episode to join us in because normally, like I said, it's it's the Uber stories, right? And I also do interviews um, not every single week, but I, when, I, when I have enough time to schedule out interviews and get with people and reach out to people and uh, get that all lined up because I'm just a one-man band, okay? And so um, <laughs> there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. That's why I speak so fast. I got a million thoughts running through my head. I got a million things to do, all right? I, I got a million things to do. But uh, the interviews, the interviews drop on Fridays and there's some good interviews. I, I just recently had somebody that left a comment on the Facebook page talking about the interview that I did with Ed Hamilton. She said that she really, really liked it, especially towards the end of the episode. We we really kind of go deep on uh, some pretty tough things to talk about if, if uh, you know, I don't find them tough to talk about, but um, some people might, but, I, you know, listen... I, I know who I am, and I know where where I want to take it, and I know where I don't want to take it. And uh, whereas, whereas some people would be kind of scared to go there with some people or with uh, whatever different topic it is. I mean, religion, politics, race, any kind of thing like that. Um, I, I I don't I don't you know I I'm it, all of it's fair game as long as you're doing it in a respectful way and you're real about it and. Uh, you know, you're just having an honest conversation, then I think that's the only way to break through some of those taboos about having discussions about different kind of stuff like that. And uh, you got to have those conversations. You got to be willing to listen to other people. You got to be willing to ask tough questions. And so somebody said, hey, I really, really like that Ed Hamilton interview that you did. And uh, I appreciate that. So thank you very much. But interviews, really good stuff. And a lot of the topics that we'll cover range from all kinds of different stuff. But like I mentioned at the top, I'm bipolar. Um, I've struggled with addiction issues in my life, uh, whereas I, I'm, I'm kind of a binge drinker and uh, not kind of, I am a binge drinker, okay? And, uh, you know, I've just, I've just really found that if you are honest about this stuff, then that's going to attract a lot more people than if you're like, hey, my life is great, nothing's ever wrong, I'm just this perfect person, and that, like, that's not relatable, you know, that's not relatable, and a lot of my more relatable episodes are these specials that I'll do, so the New Year's special, Christmas special, um, allow me to reintroduce myself, go listen to For the Love of the Game, that's a really good one, that's really raw, emotional me, okay, that's real me right there. And uh, that's what today is. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. And we're going to get to it. I know. You're like, I'm still waiting to get into this one. But 
Um, the specials are something that I'll do every now and then when, um, when I really have something that's heavy and weighing on me. And uh, I'll do that from time to time, you know? Or if I go on a trip, I like to travel a lot. Sometimes I'll come back and that's what Vegas vacation was. That's what Halloween in New Orleans was. A lot of that kind of stuff is, uh, is up there and it's really good stuff. But today is not going to be an Uber Stories episode. Those will resume next week. Today is about the last two weeks, and today is also about my girlfriend Maddie, who has now moved out to the Grand Canyon as of this dropping. She left early this morning, Wednesday morning, and she's going to be out there until the end of November, and she took a her first real-world big-girl job. She just graduated from Florida State University, and um, she is going to be the activities coordinator at a company that is a glamping company. And so they set up outside of the Grand Canyon and they have a couple of different locations, um, Horseshoe Bend and a couple different places out west. But this is a company that sets up right outside of the park. And for anybody that doesn't know what glamping is, it's glamour camping, okay? And, you know, listen, I I love camping. And a lot of people love camping and, and the great outdoors and nature. But a lot of people also don't want to lay out on a tent on the floor of the woods or the desert and have bugs crawling on your tent and have to shit in the woods and make your meals on a Bunsen burner, you know? I, now, I, I've, I've gone with Maddie on a trip like that, and it was great, and I love that kind of stuff because that's I, I grew up doing some stuff like that with my dad, but, uh, you know, for most people, they're like, you know what, miss me with the bugs and the shitting in the woods thing. I, I think um, I'd like some air conditioning and somewhere that I can plug in my iPhone charger, and uh, I, I think I'll go with the glamping route, and Maddie's going to be the person that when you go out to the Grand Canyon and you decide you want to go for a, the step above the the uh, Bear Grylls experience, she's going to be the person that's there on site that's putting together an itinerary of activities for you guys and your family or your friends or whoever that you're with um, to do while you're there. And places to go, attractions, hey, go to this place. Um, She's the plug. She's the plug. And and I love that girl to death. And uh, it's going to be really tough. It's going to be really tough. We've been together for a little bit over a year and um, she's going to be gone till November. And she just left this morning. This morning. And it's been a tough two weeks. It's been a really tough two weeks. I- I'll say that. I- I- I'll just, uh, for, a- for a handful of different reasons. And I feel like people, not a lot of people will, will um, talk about those two weeks. You know, when shit sucks, not a lot of people are going to just volunteer that information. You meet people and you say, how you doing? Not a lot of people are going to be like, well, actually, I'm having a really, really difficult time. Real ones will, but most of the time, people want to tell you about all the great things that are happening in their life. And that's amazing. That's great. But I think that this is one of the effects of social media has on society, especially amongst millennials and Gen Z and the younger people, especially millennials, I'd say. But we live in a culture now where we only share the good things that happen to us because most of the time we're sharing little updates at a time on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter or wherever we choose to share our good things. That's where we share our good things. And 
every now and then you'll see a post on Facebook where it says, you know, so-and-so is feeling frustrated and they are complaining about having a flat tire or it's tax season or they're at the DMV and they're, they're talking about something like that. Or sometimes you'll see people who are sad, who are talking about somebody that they know or love that's dealing with cancer or somebody that they know or love has passed away. And you'll see that, okay? But by and large, you just don't hear people talking about the depression and the gray days. That's what I call them, the gray days. You having a good day or you having a gray day? And a lot of life is gray, you know? We think that it's black and white. We think that it's like, but, but, but it, it's not. There's a lot of shades of gray in life, and that's real. And not a lot of people voluntarily talk about those gray days because I'll tell you, as somebody that suffers bouts of depression, you never want anybody to see how bad it's getting. And you never want anybody to worry about you, but, you know, you're, when you're not at your best self, you, you just, you feel worthless. And who wants to go around other people or talk about those feelings of worthlessness and hopelessness? Not a lot of people, but that's why I do it. And that's why when you do hear somebody talking about that stuff, it really kind of, it's, 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 it's like, it, it, it just connects, like I connect with it. When I hear somebody on a podcast and it's an interview with somebody and they're talking about some real shit, like it's raw and you're hanging on every word because you don't know what's going to happen next. And it's just, it's, it's just captivating. That's the kind of stuff that I love. And, and, and that's the kind of stuff that any of my friends, they'll come to me and, and when they do, they come to me because they know that I'm going to shoot them straight and I'm going to keep it real. And, I'm going to probably go pretty deep with it. And um, the last two weeks have been really tough. The last two weeks for me personally have been gray days. It's been really hard. And I knew that Maddie was going to be leaving. And I could not be happier for her. I, I cannot say that enough. I absolutely was like, you have to go. There's no question. You're going. Like, I'm going to help you pack. Uh, I, I'm I'm so thrilled that you now have this opportunity because it's it's so important to go and do that. I did that, you know, I finished up what I was doing at school, studying journalism at the University of Kentucky, and then I took a sales job and I moved out to the Bay Area in California, and I did that for three years. And the experiences during that time and the people that I met and just getting to travel and, and having to present yourself to new people, people that you don't know and people that... Um, are a little bit more judgmental than the friends that you've hung out with since grade school and church or, you know, whatever kind of a social group that you're in. Um, it's a lot different. It's a lot different making friends in the real world as an adult than it is making friends with people that you grew up around or that are from your hometown. And I was like, absolutely, Maddie, you got to go do this. And so I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled about it. But, um, as she went through the job search process and she busted her ass sending out resume after resume for weeks, for weeks, months. And I, I just, you know, I encouraged her to keep going. Don't get discouraged. It's just like sales. You're going to hear 15 no's before you hear a yes. And um, throughout that time, I'm thinking like, you know, yeah, 
she's applying to these different places and she's eventually going to leave if it works out, which I, I had no doubt that it would because she's a great person and she's a tremendous addition to any team and um, I'm just really proud to be in love with her. I'm going to get fucking emotional, man. <laughs> but like, I, I just I just knew that um, the type of person that she is, like it would work out and uh, that's the thing. You never know when it's going to pop but eventually it does if you if you, if you you live the right way and, and you're the type of person that she is and um, I knew that this day would come. I knew that this day would come. I knew then that this day would come where she had some really good news to share where it was like, hey, I've, uh, I just got this job offer. And when that day came, it was, it was really bittersweet. It was overwhelmingly positive and happiness that, that I, I, I exuded and, and gave to her because it's tremendous. Um, anybody that gets their first job or, or, or whatever number of jobs that you're on, that's amazing news. That's incredible. And you should be very proud about that. And I was like, no question, you got to go. And it's going to suck being away from each other, but we'll make it. If, if it's real and, and we think it is, then we got this, okay? And at that point, it was still something that was happening in the future, right? She went through that interview process. She got that job offer. And they wanted her to move out for the season. Now, luckily, she's going to be back at the end of the season, the, the end of the season is the end of October. Um, so the plan is she's going to be there for the season and then more than likely come back. But who knows? Who knows? I mean, once she's out there, I'm like, listen, now that you have proximity to these other places, this is your time to, to use that as some leverage, start interviewing or applying to some other positions while you're there. Because the hardest part is just getting there, especially moving from a place like Kentucky and Indiana all the way out to Arizona or California like I did. The toughest thing is just getting there. And then once you're there, you can start to kind of, I guess, just spread your tentacles a little bit, you know? Like start to expand that reach and and use that as a point like, hey, I'm out here. I could come and interview for this better than I would if I'm at home at the end of this season like I might be. And so I'm like, try to get on with some other companies out there or see what other national parks are doing because that's what she really wants to do is work at national parks and she was an environmental science major and that's just that's her cup of tea man she is the total bear grills package i'm telling you what i mean i've been on trips where we literally ate pad thai that we boiled water on a bunsen burner in order to pour into this little pouch to make and we did lay on the floor and uh, there was bugs and and you know what but like i love that stuff too so it was cool but she is the epitome of that and once she's out there, um, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. It's like, hey, see if you can make this last. See if you can stay out here. Because that would be the dream is to be somewhere out west where she's doing her thing. I'm driving maybe six or nine months out of the year and then the other three or six months or however the schedule breaks down, I'm doing all kinds of show promo and I can be where she is. That's, that's ultimately what we want to do. And eventually be in the same city I mean that would be amazing right but it's it's just tough um or you know she gets out there and maybe they offer her a full-time position right maybe the place that she's at is like hey we really like you and we want you to stay here year-round we want to offer you a full-time position what do you think I mean any of these things are real possibilities that could happen 
these are conversations that we're having once she gets that offer and we're just kind of talking about it. All right, what do you want to do? Like, this has been something that we haven't really had to, like, this has been a bridge that we haven't really had to cross yet, and we said that we wouldn't worry about it, we wouldn't get anxious about it, or spend too much time thinking about it, but once we get to it, we'll figure it out. Well, then that day came, and eventually, they gave her a start date, and they gave her a date that she would have to move in, because she's going to be staying at one of the units on site, right? And so it was like, all right, okay, all right, so now this goodbye is going to come. It's inevitable. It's going to come. It's real now. It's not just, uh, hey, we're kind of waiting until she finds out where she's going to go, and I knew that she had been applying to all these different places that weren't really anywhere close to where we live, and so it was going to come. Well, then that day came, and um, they gave her a start date, and... Even knowing the date, even knowing the date, I still put it off and didn't think about it because I just, I didn't want to get sad about it and I didn't want to dwell on it. And I, the, the, the thing is, it's, it's just, it's amazing sometimes, you know, what we'll do, we'll say this thing is happening and it's just this abstract thing that's happening in the future, right? It's it's happening, but it's happening later. It's not happening right now, so I'm just not going to think about it. Well, then um, that date comes, whatever it is, and it can kind of sneak up on you, like taxes. We're in the middle of tax season, and everybody thinks, okay, tax season's coming up. Yep, April 15th, and now they've, I guess, extended the deadline, so it's a little bit different, May 15th, I think. But every year, April 15th rolls around, and in the back of your head, you're thinking, all right, taxes are coming up. I got time. I got time. I got time. And then if you're anything like me or uh, anybody else, I think, you know, uh, you kind of, you start with a few weeks until the deadline, and you feel like, oh my God, now it's here, and I have to get all these different receipts, and I got to track down all this shit, and what am I going to do? And I don't have enough time, and it, it can feel overwhelming. Or if you, if you, uh, you know, you'd get that syllabus at the beginning of your semester in college and you would look at the final project or the final exam and you would think, oh, I got so much time. And then that week comes where it's time to stare that thing in the face and it's either going to rock you or you're going to rock it and you're going to find out really quickly. And then, and then you've, you've, you've put it off and you've distracted yourself with whatever and you haven't really planned for it because, again, it's it's not something that, I don't know, I can't visually see a calendar of days in my head. I mean, that's what they make the iPhone for, right? Uh, but I wouldn't even, it, it's, it went as far as deep for me as that I wouldn't even look at the end of March in my iPhone calendar because I didn't want to think about the date that I had put in there as Maddie leaves the 24th of March, Maddie leaves with a sad little crying emoji face, okay? I didn't want to look past that date. And that can be really tough. That can be really dangerous to do, okay? And even as that date continued to approach, I've known for a couple months now, and that's actually the entire reason that we went out to Las Vegas in the first place, was we wanted to spend an entire week together that we had all the time in the world just to absolutely focus on each other, do whatever we wanted, and just be, just be together. And as simple as that sounds, 
Doesn't have to be Vegas. Doesn't have to be seven days. But it's really important for the strength of your relationships to have that quality time. And it was just difficult to do. We we typically spend a couple days during the week together, whether it's a sleepover or even just dinner or me dropping off coffee where she works. Worked, I guess. Uh, now that's that's kind of weird to think about, but. Um, we just we we would we would schedule a couple different things and activities to do together where we're spending quality time together. You know, she was working a lot during the weeks. I'm working a lot during the weeks, and we really just wanted to have some time to focus on each other and be with each other. So we went out to Vegas, and it was amazing. It was a really great week. It was an incredible week. But what was funny was even leading up to that trip. We planned it probably a month in advance with the intention of this is going to be one of our last hurrahs. And after we get back from this trip, we're going to basically have two and a half weeks left together. And that's that sucks. That's a fast approaching date. Now it's not something that's happening at an undetermined time. It's like it's happening soon. Like that is quickly coming up on us. But still... I looked forward, in my mind, I focused more on Vegas. Hey, we're going to do some dope shit out in Vegas, right? Um, Rather than, hey, we're going to go and then once we go on this trip, we're going to have two and a half weeks together and then she's leaving for seven months. So I, I, I chose to look at it in a different way, I guess. And as Vegas came and we had a countdown and we were all excited to get out there and then... It came, and it was amazing, but halfway through the trip on Wednesday, we were there for, we were there for six days. Uh, savage, I know, but listen, we're the, I'm the champ, she's the champ, we're the people's champs, it's, it, it, it's, uh, it's good stuff. On Wednesday, I woke up that day, and I had this moment of, holy shit, the week's halfway over, and it just kind of set into me that that meant that this thing was coming up fast and it was just it was just a realization that I had waking up that day that hadn't dawned on me I guess since she got that that date the move out date right this was the second time mentally I'm confronting this 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 reality that's going to happen where she's going to move and I wake up on the Wednesday that we're there and we're halfway through the week and I'm like oh my god the week is halfway over for four weeks, I've been looking forward to nothing else but this. This has driven me. This has motivated me. This has been the thing that gives me a little bit of juice to get through these weeks and, and these days when it when it's tough. And now that it's here, and now that it's halfway over, holy shit. <laughs> oh my God, I'm sad now. You know, like I had that day. I had that moment. And it was tough to get out of bed that day. But then... I, it, it kind of quickly passed because it was like, hey, we've still got two days. Let's make them a great two days. Let's enjoy this. Let's not be sad boy yet. Let's just wait. And it was kind of like a, a thing that, that came and went, okay? Rest of the trip goes great. And now we get back. And now it's like, whoa, okay. We have two and a half weeks left. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I didn't stop 
to let that feeling and emotion and reality kind of breathe. I just buried myself in work as fast as I could because I was distracting myself. I was still finding ways, even as we're two and a half weeks from this date and this goodbye, I'm still finding ways to distract myself. So I come back from Vegas and I go for a new PR. So I go for to break 60 rides in a week. And that means I'm, I'm driving a lot. I mean, over 40 hours. And add in 10 to 15 on the podcast stuff and it was a long week. But I did that because I still wasn't ready to confront the reality of this goodbye that's, that's now a week and a half away when I get to the end of that week, right? And so the first week back, it was really tough. It was really, really tough. And I think when you come back from a break, whether it's a vacation, the holidays, PTO, whatever, once you break your routine, it can be really hard to get back and pick back up where you left off, especially for me. I, I think I just have a really tough time jumping back into my routine, and I get frustrated. I get frustrated that my productivity dips, and I feel like I'm a Bronco that has to be broken in again. Um, I got to force myself to snap back into my grind. And coming back from those vacations, it's really difficult to do because that alarm clock wakes up at the normal time that you're used to, and that feels like it's a lot earlier. And especially when you go from the West Coast to the East Coast or the East Coast to the West Coast, you travel through different time differences and time zones. That can really screw you up. That can really have you feel in some type of way, especially when you're on vacation because, let's be honest, a lot of times you get up on a vacation whenever the hell you want to get up. There is no alarm clock unless you got something going on that morning. You're like, well, I'm going to wake up and that's the beauty of being on vacation. I don't have to be up at a certain time. So I'm waking up later, I'm on this Vegas trip, I'm eating at later times, I'm keeping a completely different schedule than what I normally am used to, I'm not working out at all, I didn't even, I didn't even ask where the gym was located in the Flamingo, not one time that I put eyeballs on the gym, because I was just like, you know what, this is a vacation and this, this isn't about trying to stay fit and doing all the kind of stuff that I'm working on outside of this week. Like This week is really about indulgence. It's about eating some great food, some great meals, and hanging out with my girl. And then I come back, okay, and I've got this goodbye that's looming now. And it, I'm just, I really struggled to get back up and, and, and kind of pick back up where I left off. So I forced myself to to chase that incentive and just to bury myself in the work. But what was frustrating was I've got all these things going on in the backdrop, this, this, this goodbye, right? But I'm also, I'm really struggling with this feeling of this frustration that I'm getting stuff done, but there's not a plan or a schedule to it. And I'm just kind of all over the place. And yeah, I did it, right? Like whatever it was, whether it was driving that week and hitting my rides or whether it was doing the stuff with the podcast, like I got it done, but I got it done whenever I felt like it as opposed to me scheduling out and writing my schedule out for the week. All right, here's what I'm going to do when and having a plan, I was just kind of going through these weeks like, okay, well, 
I'm just going to do it whenever I, I guess I feel like it. As long as it gets done before the deadline, then cool. But that attitude had a domino effect on all this other stuff in my life. So here's what that looked like for me. The last two weeks, I got up later than normal almost every single day. And like I said, some of that is the difference in, in waking up on some of those days on vacation without an alarm clock and having to readjust. Some of that's also depression, right? I'm, I'm, I'm subconsciously starting to kind of, in the back of my mind, think about the fact that our days are now less than a certain number and they're running out and every day that passes is another day that we're closer to having to say goodbye and you sleep more when you're depressed. You're more tired, okay? You don't have as much energy. And so some of that's depression. Some of that's also just having a hangover from the sleeping pills that you take to turn your brain off at night so you won't stay up until 3 a.m. worrying about all this stuff like I do, okay? But the combination of those three things kept me in bed longer every single day and every single morning, which put my schedule behind for the day, every day. So my sleep schedule, my gym schedule, my eating schedule, my driving schedule, my content schedule, all of this stuff is just thrown off and getting affected by every little thing that takes longer or that comes up or that I spend way too much time on or um, I don't have a plan for it so I'm not accounting for my time and it's just kind of like a hodgepodge. It's a free-for-all. So I'd get up later, I'd go to the gym later. I left almost every day feeling like, well, all right, I guess I'll go home now. Instead of that fuck yeah feeling that you get when you absolutely just crushed a workout. Anybody else feel like that? You know, you, you get done and you're just like, yeah, fuck yeah. That's a good Tuesday. You know, I, I would get done with my workout and I'd be like, all right, well, I guess I'll go home now. Like I, I wasn't feeling it. And the podcast took me way longer a couple Tuesdays ago first one back, Vegas vacation. It should have been a layup since I was keeping all of these notes throughout the trip and I didn't have to write up the stories and I I, I still didn't end up finishing with that episode until 3 a.m. because I spent two hours on the phone with a friend that day that called. I spent another two hours trying to pick the perfect song for me and Maddie, which is Love Like This by Natasha Bedingfield. Banger, all right? But I kept going back and forth trying to find the perfect song that could absolutely just try to say what I feel, all right, towards my girlfriend. And it, it just, I wanted it to be perfect, and then it just took way too long. So then I'm starting with the podcast and writing up the stories way later, and then I, I have to tape way later, and I have to edit way later. And it was just a disaster. It was really a disaster. And then I skipped the gym the next day on Wednesday because I needed sleep. So now I'm getting up at 10 a.m. And I'm still chasing this 60-ride incentive. So I get up and I drive all day on Wednesday and all day on Thursday. But because I had planned on being done with the podcast by 5 p.m. on Tuesday, I thought I was going to get to drive for a few hours on Tuesday night and knock out a, a, you know at least 10 rides and keep chipping away at this incentive. But none of that happened. So now I got to drive longer on Wednesday. Now I got to drive longer on Thursday in order to get this done. Okay, I did 15 Monday. I did none Tuesday, which means I now got to do 45 rides between Wednesday and Thursday or else I get nothing as far as this incentive is concerned. Well, Wednesday, I drove for seven hours and I did 15 rides. So now on Thursday, I'm waking up and I got to get out on the road and I got to do 30 rides on Thursday. 
And it took me every single bit of 13 hours, and I didn't get home until after 1 a.m., but I got it done. But that exhausted me. And now, I haven't eaten anything in 12 hours since lunch, so I'm stopping at a gas station on my way home to pick up combos and some Cheez-Its, and I laid in bed eating that and watching Survivor until 4 a.m. with some lunch meat, okay? So Friday was a wreck. I slept super late. I ate junk food. I laid around all day, slept some more, couldn't fall asleep when it was time for bed. I ended up staying up again until 3 a.m. for no fucking reason, and I didn't feel like getting up and going to CrossFit on Saturday morning. So it was a really rough first week back, and the backdrop in the back of my mind, and I'm not thinking about it, but I I can't also help but not think like, okay, this goodbye is coming. It's coming. She's going to leave. This day is coming, okay? But I'm still distracting myself with all this different stuff. And I ate like junk food all weekend long. The next week rolls around. So this is now last week. And last week was a little bit better. I still got up later than, than, than I normally get up. I normally get up at 6.45 in the morning and I'm at the gym by 7.15 and um, it, it, I'm off with my day. But none of that happened. Uh, I was getting up, like I said, a little bit better. 7.30, 8 a.m. most days, and I had some better workouts in the gym, but I still felt like I'm just going through the motions. I, I guess I'll leave now, you know, like, all right, yeah, I, 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 I did it, you know, but well, that was trash. That was fucking trash. So I get through that week, but I still skipped the gym on Friday. I skipped CrossFit on Saturday again, which now makes it three weeks that I've missed. And I did get to work a little bit earlier on the podcast than the last week, so I felt a little bit better than that, but everything else was trash. My driving schedule was out of whack. My sleep schedule was all messed up. My eating schedule was messed up because when you're up until 3 and 4 in the morning and you wake up at 10 or 11 a.m. or later on that same day, your body doesn't know when to be hungry. And now instead of having a plan and taking the time to prep some meals for the week and go grocery shopping... I'm just living meal to meal, which means I'm buying a lot of stuff out. And some of it was good, Subway here and there, right? Most of it was shit. Most of it was still trash. And I didn't drive a lot last week because I was trying to spend as much time as possible with Maddie before she left. And I justified it by saying, you know what? I I just did 64 rides in a week. And I have enough stories to last me the next couple weeks. Got enough content, so that's cool. And so I'm going to spend as much time as I can in our last full week together. So I'm not going to drive. And I was okay with that. That was a decision that I made. But uh, I'm still feeling way off of schedule. And I'm glad that I did that. But also... I'm I'm kind of feeling like I'm just I'm I haven't gotten back from Vegas and at one point felt like I got shit under control. Actually, I felt like I was spiraling out of control. I was I had that conversation with Maddie. I was like, I'm spiraling out of control because we had talked about, well, do you want to move out with me and help me move out and then I'll buy your plane ticket back and I was looking at her last week going, I think I want to, I want to, I, I want to, but if I try, you know, I'm fighting every day just to get up at, a, at, at the normal time and 
get everything that I need to get done on a day-to-day basis done. I'm struggling with that. So if I can't do that, and then I'm trying to think about pulling this week together and having a last few days of and finishing the week strong, which I didn't do, okay, skipping all those workouts and everything, uh, I can't do that and then leave for another week and and be out at the Grand Canyon for a week moving you in and really not doing anything Monday or Tuesday and then traveling with you on Wednesday and being gone until the weekend and then trying to come back. So now I, it's been, you know, at the start of next week, that's that's what we're talking about. It'll be three or four weeks since I've been back from Vegas. And if I have to restart this process, which just took me two weeks, and finally this week, I got my shit together on Sunday, and Monday and Tuesday were really good for me. Today's a pretty good day, but I can't restart this process. There's just, there's no way. There's no way. I was spiraling out of control, and I said, I, I can't. I can't come with you, and, I'm, and she was cool with it. She understood. She totally wanted me to be in a good place, and she's making this trip, and she's a big girl, and she's going to go and do it. But I, I felt like I was spiraling out of control, man, especially with the food thing. So here's a fun fact about me, okay? I eat my feelings. I'm a binge eater, and I'm an emotional eater. And sometimes I eat to distract myself. I eat things that I think are going to make me happy, but that happiness is fleeting because later it becomes guilt and shame and disgust. And the whole time, the reason that I'm stuffing food down is because I'm trying to actually stuff my emotions down. Does anybody else do this? I, I, I know that I'm not the only one, but for some of you, that's, that's going to like really punch you in the gut and just be like, damn, me too. All right? Uh... I, I, I do that because I don't want those feelings to come up. Whatever it is that I'm eating, I'm an emotional eater. So if I'm eating something to keep an emotion down and not have to deal with it, to avoid dealing with it, that's sometimes why I'll, I'll eat junk food, okay? Stuff that I think is going to make me happy, but it doesn't. It doesn't. But I somehow trick myself into thinking that, hey, let's try it for the 678th time because why not? It might be different this time. You know, that's the definition of insanity is doing something over and over and over again and hoping for a different result. It just doesn't happen. Okay. So I am doing this. And, and sometimes, like, I'll know that I'm doing it and I'll know why. And other times, I'm doing it, but I don't know why. And then sometimes I don't even realize that I'm doing it. And that's what these last two weeks were for me. I didn't even realize what I was doing and why I was doing it. It was just a bender that snuck up on me. And it got me. It got me pretty good. And when that happens, the only way to break that cycle is to realize, A, what you're doing, and B, to identify why you're doing it. And that's really the key. So at some point, (laughs) just a few days ago, I finally, after two weeks of this, I broke down and I had to be honest with myself. I had to give myself some real talk. Okay, why are we doing this? Now it's two weeks. Your schedule has been crazy. You've been eating absolute junk food. Why are you doing this to yourself? What are you avoiding? And it took me a minute to figure it out, but then it became really clear. I was avoiding coming to terms emotionally 
with the reality that Maddie leaves in two weeks and I'm going to have to say goodbye. Not for forever. I keep saying this goodbye, this goodbye, like like we're not going to continue dating and that I'm never going to see her again, but it's it's still, she's going to be there and I'm going to be here. And that's really tough. That's really tough. So even as this date is approaching, this date that I've known about for months and the whole reason that we went to Vegas, I'm still somehow finding a way to do mental gymnastics in my head and and put off this this goodbye this coming to grips with this realization that I'm going to have to say goodbye I'm 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 eating in order to avoid it and I told myself spending all that time with her um last week was like okay yeah we're hanging out more than we usually do but that's only because my work is done and I have all this extra time to spare right it's not because this is our last full week together, right? I mean, that's that's crazy, right? I swear to God, man, the human brain is an incredible thing, okay? So even in these moments last week, and as we talked about it and we prepared for it, and, and trust me, it, it's crazy. I don't know how this is possible. I can't explain it. But it's not like this isn't something that we've talked about and prepared for. And we're in a great place. And we've talked about how well positioned we are to handle this. And all these conversations are going on, but I still, I, I just, something in my brain hasn't clicked. It, it just hasn't hit me really that this is here. It's not something that's happening in the future anymore. It's, it's here and now. And I was still refusing to deal with my feelings and really feel them. And it's one thing to feel sad, but not sitting with that and unpacking it is a whole different thing. Like that sadness would come up, but I would stuff it down with pizza and cherry Coke and Chick-fil-A and fruit gushers and all this other junk food that I was eating. But at some point I had this moment where I couldn't ignore it anymore. And I had to say it out loud. I am spiraling out of control. My schedule is shit. My workouts are shit. My eating is shit. And why is that? (laughs) Because for me, It was easier to ignore this goodbye and to distract myself with food rather than owning my own emotions. Process this goodbye as something that's not just floating around and happening in the future, but a very real and quickly approaching date and be real with myself and say that I'm sad about this. This is making me sad. This is really making me sad. Sad to say goodbye and sad to be losing my best friend for seven months, you know? And... All of that combined with this feeling of, this frustrated feeling of, I'm just kind of going meal to meal. I'm going moment to moment. You know, I I have no plan. I'm getting up later. I'm not really doing anything significant in the gym. I'm eating like junk food. My girlfriend's about to leave me. And uh, I'm just, I'm just trying to keep my mind off of that. And so, this past Sunday, I I finally acknowledged it. I finally acknowledged it. And I just looked back at the last two weeks, how difficult they were, and was like, man, these last two weeks really sucked. These last two weeks really, really sucked. And getting back to what I said at the beginning of this, we live in this society where we don't talk about how difficult certain days are 
And when we have a bad day, maybe we might, you know, kind of make a joke out of it or whatever, but no one really talks about the depression. No one really talks about what it's like to just kind of be flapping around in the wind without really a direction that you're going and you're you're getting stuff done but it's like I'm not really feeling like I'm being productive I'm just kind of yeah I'm, I'm crossing some stuff off but uh whatever right but people will share all of the good things that happen to them and like I said millennials gen z we present our best self we put out stuff that we want people to see and we don't post the stuff that we don't want people to see. And in turn, we've now been conditioned to behave this way in real life. We'll overstate the good and we'll minimize the bad. Okay? You ask somebody how they're doing and they'll just want to tell you about how great they are and how everything's wonderful and everything is going right. But no one wants to talk about the dips and the valleys and the days that suck. And right now, this episode, I'm talking about some days that have really fucking sucked for me. And even though it's an uncommon thing to talk about this stuff, I do it because people need to know that these days happen. These days happen even, you know, for me, for, you know, think about the most happiest person that you think about. And it's like they too have these days. They might not always open up about it. It might not be what they lead with. So for my brand new listeners, you guys are like, damn, this is all right. What's up? Like, yeah. I mean, this is this is what we do, right? We, we talk about this stuff because vulnerability is the birthplace of creation. A wise man named Tim Schladen once told me that. And I share this stuff because it's real and because I want to own it and acknowledge it. And doing that always helps me process it and move on. So this is me processing it. And this is me owning it. And this is me moving on. Because the last two weeks have been... A, They've been a struggle. I've been depressed. I've been really, really low. And I've been eating to avoid thinking about why that is and come to terms with this. But this past Sunday, I finally acknowledged that. And I said, hey, she leaves Wednesday. Okay. 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 So I spent the night with her Saturday. And we planned out our last couple of days and what they would look like. And then Sunday... I woke up, I took a deep breath, exhaled that bullshit, and I said, all right, this is happening. The time has come. And looking at it face to face, I finally said, okay, all right, I'll deal with you now. I've been avoiding you for a long time, but I'm ready for you now. Come on, we can talk now, okay? And I finally had this conversation with myself. And with that, I left her place in the morning. I shook the last two weeks off. I got hella organized. I made my schedule for the week that I've been executing this week. I feel good about that. I scheduled my meals for the week. I did grocery shopping. I got my meals ready to go. I wrote out an entire new workout plan for me moving forward. And I said, no more. I've had enough. And then Monday morning rolled around. I got up at 645 and I crushed my workout. And I left the gym feeling like, fuck yeah. All right, we're off to a great start this week, okay? And I came home and I wrote a lot of this out and I just started going and the funny thing is I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking that this was going to be its own episode but as soon as I started writing it, I ended up putting together six pages and 3,200 words and I was just like, okay, well this isn't going to be something that I say at the intro 
and then jump into the stories, I I I, I can't do that. Now I've I just started writing this out and kind of like talking about some of these thoughts and journaling this and thinking about what I was going to say when I turned the microphone on and started ripping. And then four hours and six pages later, I was like, oh my God, I just wrote an episode. Like I just, I just, there we go. Like I just workshopped myself and I feel really great about that. But uh, because that's, that's like cathartic for me. Writing is like therapy for me. Because first of all, I got to know what I'm trying to say and how I want to say it, which means that I need to have thought about it and processed it to know what I'm trying to say in the first place. And then second of all, putting the words on the screen and having them stare back at me, that makes them real. Like they're right here. They're right there. They're not just in my head. They're not just thoughts, but they're words on a screen. My words, sentences of my thoughts and feelings, and emotions, and I'm owning them, and only then I can be at peace with whatever it is, because in writing about it, and in doing that, and in order to do that, I've already acknowledged to myself that these things that I'm feeling are real, these words are real, and that release that I get from that, that's therapy, not to mention a much healthier way to deal with it than stuffing food down my face, okay? Or however else people tend to deal with their emotions and all of the different vices that we use to distract ourselves from what we're feeling sometimes, whether it be food or alcohol or drugs or porn or gambling or smoking or any of the other ways that we refuse to accept what we're feeling or any of the other ways our refusal to accept what we're feeling and what's right in front of us manifests itself in our life. It looks different for different people, but we all have those kind of crutches that we fall on, and when we don't want to deal with something, there we find ourselves again, okay? And it took me two weeks. It took me a while, and I had to spiral out of control last week in order to realize what was going on, but then I finally did, and I broke that loop, and getting back to the beginning of this, me talking about this stuff is is good, you know? Like, if I've ever shared anything about being close to feeling suicidal or being really depressed and feeling, like, isolated and alone and that no one's going to understand, um, those are hallmarks of depression. And whenever you talk about that, some people might get concerned and, and they're worried about you, right? And, and who wouldn't be? But the thing that you got to understand is when somebody is talking about that stuff, it usually means that they're already in a better place because they're ready to talk about it. And when I get to that point where I'm finally ready to talk about these things, even though I still got my episodes out, even though I was still going to the gym, you know, I, I, I was flailing. I was spiraling. And it, none of it felt good. And the last two weeks... You wouldn't have known anything by listening to the last two episodes, but I was I was really going through it, and I hide it very well. You know, I hide it very well, and sometimes if I can't hide it very well, I'll just hide myself from the world. I'll just shut myself off, right? And uh, I finally got to a point where I'm like, I you know what, I want to talk about this because this is this was really tough. This is really tough, and saying goodbye is tough. So this is therapy for me, you know. Like don't worry about me. The fact that I'm the fact that I'm sharing this stuff and opening up about this, it means that I'm ready to, right? 
And sitting in this chair and talking into this microphone, this is therapy for me. And whenever I've listened to podcasts or read interviews where someone's just flowing from the heart about some real life shit and owning their gray days that they didn't want anybody to see or know about, that's therapy for me too. Because it reminds me that I'm not alone. And literally everybody else has these days. And even if we don't see them, they exist. And it's okay. It's going to be okay. And it's normal. For fuck's sake, this is normal, right? It might not be normal to talk about, especially in a day and age where we're inundated with talking heads who perpetuate these things with toxic positivity and influencers who talk about making 150000 a month like it's easy. We got girls posing on shit that they rented but acting like they own it and guys with videos drinking out a bottle of Ace of Spades that they didn't even pay for, that they didn't even pay for, but they want to tell you that they got it like that. But that's what they choose to show you and share with you, and that's not real. But you know what is? This shit, the shit that we're in here talking about right now, that it's normal to struggle when you feel like you're spiraling out of control and to need help and to not be okay. That's part of the human experience. That's life. That's life. You go up and down and over and out, and no one ever wants to talk about it or post about that stuff, so that's why I do it, because it's real. And it's not something that you got to be ashamed about. It happens. It happens to the best of us. You just got to own it, process it, and move past it. And yeah, am I sad that my girlfriend is going to be gone? Absolutely. Am I happy for her? Dude, I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled. I couldn't be happier. It, it couldn't be happening to a better person because it's a, it's a great opportunity and I know she's going to kill it. But am I sad about the fact that all of this time that I've spent with her over the last year and all that time that we spend together is, is now I'm going to have to account for that and I'm not worried about it. I'm, I know that I'm going to take that time and I'm just going to dedicate it to more about the podcast and, and driving. And it's going to free up a lot of stuff. Like for, for all the bad, there is some good, all right? Not to, not to make light of like my girlfriend leaving and me being like, yes, you know? Like there's a part of me, the small part of me that's kind of like, all right, great. I won't have to stop working on something in order to keep a commitment that I made for dinner or a sleepover or something like that. And I'm, I'm bad about that. I am. Because I'll say, all right, this will be a quick one. This won't take that long. And then here we are like a couple hours later. And I'm like, wow, you know. Or I say I'm going to show up at a certain time. And I'm like, all right, I left some couple hours of padding in there. And she knows just whenever I say I'm going to be there at a certain time, add at least an hour or two to what I've even accounted for in my head and said, this will be the time that I show up. And then I show up, you know, an hour or two later. And that's just like one of my more redeeming qualities, I think, as a boyfriend, you know, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah, she's gone. And I am sad. I am sad, you know. And I kept putting it off and I kept putting it off. And I, I just pretended that it wasn't going to happen to me or something. I don't know. I, I can't explain it. I And, and even it, it's like I have this awareness because the conversations that we're having forces me to be aware of the fact that this date is approaching and, and it's coming and it's going to happen and we're going to have to say goodbye and that's going to be really teary. I'm going to cry a lot this week. I already know it. I, I already have and I'm going to continue crying this week, especially, especially once she leaves. <laughs> 
But I think even even worse than the actual goodbye was this ringer that I just put myself through these last two weeks where I fall back on binge eating and stuffing my feelings down in, in order to avoid dealing with them. And just that feeling of spiraling out of control and, and being off schedule and not getting stuff done and just, I don't know, that that to me is worse than what I'm going to feel now and what I felt this morning waking up and hugging him for the last time in seven months. And I say that like I'm not going to go out there and visit her and that she's not going to be able to come home. She's talking about coming home at some point. And I know that I've got a free place to stay when I want to go out to the Grand Canyon, which we did that trip last summer and that was sick. And I'm going to go do it again. So like we're going to see each other. It's not going to be like, and the other thing is like, we're still going to make time for each other. We're still going to get on FaceTime. We're still going to go and grab dinner and, and pretend like we're having a meal together face to face. It'll be through a screen, but that's just what you do. That's just what you do. Military families do it all the time. And you know, the other thing is people talk about being power couples, okay? Everybody always fantasizes and everybody wants to, again, it comes back to social media. Everybody's liking that post that's talking about being a power couple and power couple goals and couple goals. This is the part of power couples that you don't see, that um, you know, you really have to find the interviews where it's Beyonce and Jay-Z or, or I don't even know, I'm not even, I don't even really get into the celebrity gossip thing, so I don't even know who the number one power couple would be. Um, Cardi B and Offset? I don't know. That's, that's my power couple, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. But like, think about uh, A-Rod and J-Lo just recently split up, right? So think about that. Think about two business people, you know? Like, she's got her own things going. He's got his own things going. He's on Shark Tank. He's with, I think he's like doing something with the Marlins or something. Or like, I don't know. But you get my point. You know, power couples, they spend a lot of time apart. It's not that they got to where they got because they were together 24-7 and they did it all together. They did it all together, but they probably did it in separate beds. One person was staying in a hotel while the other was at home or they've got a place out there and they go back and forth and she's on an early flight and he's taking a red eye and that's what power couples is. I mean, there's going to be a lot of days between now and the end of (laughs) your run Whenever that day comes where you're thinking, man, there was a lot of tough days and there were a lot of days that we had to spend together but separate, you know, together in that we 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 made it through that together, but she was here and I was here and that's sometimes an unfortunate reality to, to be a power couple, you know, but it'll go by so fast and that's the thing is like, when I think about the last year that we spent together, it's it's been it's been a year, and this is really it's been over a year, and this is going to be quickly approaching the longest relationship that I've ever had. Uh, so new PR, right? We're, we're we're like coming up on that, and by the time she gets back, we'll be all have smashed that record. I think my old record was like I don't know a year and a half or even less than that. So we're coming right up on that. We're really close to that, and I think we're going to go the distance. I mean, I, I never thought I would say that. I, I If you know me at all, I mean, I, I was, I idolized Tucker Max and I 
went crazy hooking up with all kinds of different girls. Uh, I struggle with sex addiction, okay? I, I I've absolutely have gone through um, and could write a book on it. I mean, I mean, let's be real, okay? But I found that person. I found that person that is like my best friend, my lover, the person that I look forward to coming home to, the person that I look forward to eating meals with and watching stuff on television or, or movies or just sitting in a room not doing anything. I mean, she's got a book, I got a book, and neither of us are talking, but we're just being together. That's a beautiful thing. And I, I've found that with her. And so now I, I, and that's all I ever wanted. That's, that's really all I ever wanted. You know, I'm a child of divorce. Um, I went through it pretty early. I was the oldest and going through that made me realize that, okay, like this, this is probably going to be how my relationships end. You know, I just normalized divorce and growing up in court and mediations and it just, I got to that point where I was like, okay, I'm I'm never going to get married, you know? I'm never going to get married. And then I met Maddie. And I was like, you know, I want to do those things with her. I want to go the distance with her. I want to do that stuff. Now, we're on the same page. We don't want to have kids. I'm I'm not going to have kids. If I ever have kids, I'll adopt a kid. Um, that's the reason I do Big Brothers Big Sisters is because you know, it, at the end of the day, it's not my kid. I love my little brother. I would do anything for him. But ultimately, I don't have a kid of my own. So I can kind of enjoy that 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 feeling, you know, um, without really any of the real responsibilities that come with having a child. And there's a lot. There's a lot. And I do not envy um, my friends that have kids and people that you knew from high school that got pregnant at... 20 years old, you know, like that just does not sound appealing to me at all. And Maddie is a thousand percent on the same page with that. We're going to have lots of fur babies. All right. She's got cats. I'm, 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 I love cats. I love dogs. I, I love animals. I, I love anything that's going to love me back pretty much, you know, anything that I can just kind of like hold and, and just kind of like love on. I, I, I'm about that. So we've talked about animals and, and we're just, I don't know, man, it's just, it's real. It's like a really real thing to me. And I never thought that uh, I wanted that or I was ready to settle down, you know? Um, and I think there's this thing where if you if you settle down, what's the first word in settling down? It's settling. And I waited and I waited and I waited and there were a lot of alone days and <laughs> sitting up in a B-dubs with my laptop and headphones and, you know, being just absolutely oblivious to everyone else around me. The booth for one lifestyle is coming back for the next seven months. But uh, it's 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 like that's how I was living for years and years and years. And living in California and just like messing with all these single moms, man, I, I was not expecting to find this I wasn't looking for this but and neither was she neither was she and we talked about that and it's like we found each other a couple months before COVID hit and then we had the quarantine together and we just our relationship really just grew into something that is too real to ignore and all that stuff that I thought about marriage and being with one person sex with one person for the rest of my life like I'm okay with that because I I truly have I cherish what I have with her. And 
I'm going to have to wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. That's the whole point of this conversation. And this the whole point of this episode is I'll wait. And all this stuff, all this stuff was just in my head for the last couple weeks, man. And I was really just struggling with it. I was getting depressed. And like I said, my depression manifests itself with, with binge eating and junk food. And like the reason that I share any of this stuff is because I finally reached that point. You know, it took me a couple weeks but I finally reached that point where I'm like, all right, I'm good. I'm I'm good. I'm built for this. I'm I'm ready to get back on it. And I hope that by sharing this stuff and by being real about my gray days and, and showing you these moments that probably aren't gonna go on my highlight reel. All right. My my not my most proudest moments. They're probably not gonna be on my highlight reel, but I hope that by showing you these moments that it encourages you to keep fighting through yours. You know what I mean? That you can keep going. If I can do it, you can do it. So keep fighting through whatever you're going through. Your gray days, whatever you're struggling with, you can get there. And we'll get there together. And it took me a couple weeks to get to that point. But finally, I, you know, I reached this point where I'm like, okay, all right, I'm good with it all. And me and Maddie, we're great. And I know that it's going to be a long seven months, but I'll be here. And she'll be there, but nothing can change this love couple thousand miles is just a little space. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I'll wait. I love you, Maddie. I'll wait. Blech. Sometimes I get so discouraged I can hardly stand it. The harder I try, the worse I get. Perhaps I should seek professional help. I think I need help. Hmm. Everything I do turns to failure. I guess you know I've never succeeded at anything in my whole life. Charlie Brown, it's true. I recognize your frailties, your weaknesses. You need me to point out your faults, Charlie Brown. It's for your own good. The doctor is in. Send your stuff in, bennytomp18 at gmail.com. I never stop working. The doctor is always in. This week's submission comes from someone that we'll name Rachel, because this one's about a breakup and Ross and Rachel and friends. I don't know. It just kind of reminded me of that. So we'll go with Rachel, okay? Rachel says, hey, Ben, big fan of the show. Thank you. I'm writing in because I'm going through a recent breakup. That sucks. It was the longest relationship I've been in by a long shot. Anyway, I feel like nobody really talks about how fucking hard going through a breakup is, no matter what side of it you're on. Part of me wishes something would have happened so that the decision would have made more sense. Some days are better than others. Hell, some hours are better than others. I was wondering what your thoughts on staying friends with somebody who you were once in a relationship with. Is it possible? If so, how do you make that work? And is there a certain period of time that the two individuals should wait to even consider that option? It's really hard to think about not having any type of relationship with somebody who was once the person you turned to for everything. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Thanks, Rachel. All right. It's funny that I'm I'm about to give breakup advice and I literally just spent like an hour talking about the relationship that I'm in and um, different points for different people it it, it 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 really is that and uh breakups suck so dude i feel for you 
And a couple things here, okay? Um, breakups, they are hard. And and like she said, you know, the, the thing that she said is, um, I wish that something would have happened so that it would make this easier. And if you've ever been in a breakup and you're just, you don't know what it is, but you're not right for each other or there's just something there that, I don't know, you, you just keep on running into this wall and you feel like life's too short to keep trying to make it work with this person and you break up and just ending on good terms, that's a hard thing to do. It's easy to break up with somebody because they cheated or because you found out that you know they lied about something or like that's really easy because it's like your decision's made up for you. It's like, well, this thing happened and now it's time to break up. But when you don't have an event that happens like that, it can make it really tough because you probably talk to the person and check in with one another. You probably didn't just cut off. If you ended things on good terms, you probably still are naturally kind of going to that person, maybe not often, but here and there, texting them and just be out of just like routine, right? I mean, that's this this is like, I remember breaking up with the 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 previous longest girl that I had dated and it was tough because we did do the we're going to get back together and we're going to wait a little bit and you know is this really our final breakup and we went through that like two or three times and each time it wasn't that something happened that there was a point of no return or that made the decision for us you know it was just like hey I don't know, things have just kind of gotten stale or I'm just like kind of bored with this and I don't know if I love you as much anymore and maybe this is kind of cooled off. I think that happens. I think you get in a relationship and things are great for a while and then sometimes you just cool off and and that's life. That's life. But um, the thing about being friends with somebody after you break up with them, it's a it, honestly like it almost never works. It honestly sounds great in theory, and I think there's a difference between breaking up with somebody and then wanting good things for them and generally having feelings for them of, like, friendly feelings or, or it, it, you know, even love. Even, like, I love that person. You know, I love them for all the time that we spent together, and I love them for all the memories that we have together. Like, you can still love a person but not be in love with the person. But the friends thing, it almost never works because what ends up happening is, and I don't know who broke up with who in this case, okay? But uh, it sounds like it was maybe a mutual decision here. I don't know. But what happens is when you try to be friends with somebody after the breakup and you try to hang out and be friendly and kind of talk here and there, ultimately somebody is always a little bit more invested in the relationship and hoping that you guys get back together. So whether it's you or him, there's always somebody that wants things to move back to where they were. And that can be really difficult because you might have every intention of just being friends with the person, but they're on the other side wanting and hoping and wishing that every single conversation or text message thread is going to end in, I want you back, or can we hang out, or do you want to go to dinner and talk, and I've had some time, and now I kind of feel differently, like, if, if you have broken up like that, it's, it sucks, it sucks, 
and I've been on both sides of it. And not even that, you know, it was going through a breakup with a girlfriend, just somebody that I was spending time with that then it wasn't a thing anymore. And it was like anytime she would talk to me and we would see each other and it would always be like, man, oh, that little thing in your heart. It's just like, oh, I wish that we could get back together. I think that's, and that's what makes being friends after a breakup really difficult is because one of you, maybe both of you, is going to feel that way. And I don't know if there is a certain time frame that goes by that that you could put on it where you say, okay, in three weeks, I'll be ready to hang out or whatever. Like, I don't know. It, it totally depends on you and how you're feeling. I mean, it, it, it really does. And how the other person's feeling. And, and if that's something that you want to do, then just continue to check in with yourself. And if it's something that you feel is right for you, then um, I think you'll know. I think you'll know. And maybe it's not forever. You know, some people, they break up and then they get back together later and they realize why it wasn't working. And then after you've had some time to come back to it and, and kind of grow apart for a second and then come back to it kind of fresh, that can work. That sometimes works. But if it's something that you think is really, like, let's let's just say, for example, you guys broke up because you thought that he was never going to be able to appreciate what you do for a living. Or in a situation where, let's say, the guy looks at the girl and says, I'm never going to be put first. You put your career before me, and I don't think I'm going to ever be okay with that. Sometimes, that in those instances, those people break up. And that's probably the best thing because you know I'm. this is going to be a constant thing that we come back to. But if it's something that maybe you just got burnt out, then maybe you do need just a little bit of time to cool off and then come back to it fresh. And, and that might be helpful. But uh, there isn't a certain period of time that you should wait because it really just depends on the details of why you broke up and what was, what was you know, causing that conversation to be had um but i would i would wait to even consider it okay let's say just just to even consider it wait a week or two you know get up and get back into your routine and go back to work or go back to school or whatever you do in your in your everyday life and uh see how it is you know, I think one of the most difficult things, and I'm about, I'm literally about to live this life now that my girlfriend's leaving me, uh, is learning how to function as a single person again, learning how to function as an individual again. That's tough because like, like she's saying, uh, this was once the person that I turned to for everything when it was going good, when things were going bad when I didn't want to think about where I wanted to eat, they would just show up and bring me food or I could just hit them up and be like, hey, let's get dinner. And it was just easy. And now you're going to be doing all that stuff, but you're going to be doing it as an individual again and not as a couple. And that that's something that uh, takes a little bit of time to get used to again. You know, you're kind of getting back out there, right? So that can be exciting, a fresh start, but that can also be really tough. And you'll get you'll you, you know you'll you'll go out to dinner and uh you'll go to your favorite place and just like you'll be flooded with these memories and that can be really difficult but it's 
it's not going to be any harder than it is right now. I would say that. Keep that in mind too, is it's always hardest in the beginning because you're going through that stuff for the first time. You're going to have a lot of firsts, again, doing things as an individual and living single again and not talking to that person every day and like you're going to wake up and experience a lot of firsts that you haven't had to do in a while. Uh, especially how, I don't know how long the relationship was, but if it's your longest one that you've had, that it's it's going to take a little bit of time to kind of function as an individual again and be like single you again. But it's never going to be harder than it is right now. So just know that it's going to suck right now. It's it's There's no way around it. Breakups suck. It's really tough. And you listen to those sad songs and it's just, it's 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 miserable, okay? But it's going to get easier. And like they say, time heals all wounds. So just give it some time. And in time, that'll really tell you if you're back at it and you're like, you know what? I'm good. Like, I think I'm at peace with that relationship. We can be friendly, but the thing with being friends and trying to, um, like, spend time with that person as friends because you miss them, it never it never works. It honestly never works because there's always somebody that's hoping that it goes back to what it was. And it's just... It sucks. That that part of it sucks. It really does. And uh, maybe months down the line, you guys can hang out and be, I don't know if you're friends with any of the same people, mutual friends, anything like that. Maybe you met through a social group or something. You might see the person again. And that can be difficult because it's like, okay, now we're here in this place and we're interacting as friends post-breakup and and you might be pleasantly surprised. You might be like, wow, that was really easy. I'm glad that we can kind of put everything behind us and just be cool. Uh, or maybe, you know, maybe maybe you don't and you can't be in the same room together. I don't know. But um, I would give it I would give it some time and just see how you're feeling with it, okay? And just see how you're feeling with it. But yeah, no one, uh, no one likes to go through a breakup. But... I think you'll be all right. I think you'll be all right. And I think in in your no, you'll know, you'll know in your heart of hearts, like you'll know what's right for you. And if you do want to get back together, then don't sit on that. Let the person know, hey, this is this is my position, um, and see what they have to say, and then just kind of go from there. But hang in there, all right. Hang in there. I know that it, it's really tough right now, but it'll pass. It'll pass. So hang in there. And uh, the doctor is in. That's what we got for you. So anybody else can email me, bennytomp18 at gmail.com. The doctor is in. Send me whatever you're dealing with. And I'd be happy to uh, read it and keep it anonymous and keep this thing running. So good stuff. All right, guys, that's all I got. Please, if you enjoyed this episode, rate, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow along across all social media at BennyTomp18. Next week, next Wednesday, I got Uber Stories Part 27 for you guys, and it's going to be fire. It's going to be fire flame spitter. I swear to God, man, I'm really excited about it, and I hope you are too, and I hope you'll be back next week. And if you just joined us for the very first time, then I promise go back and listen to some of these other Uber Stories episodes, and you'll really get a feel for this show. I promise you. So I hope you'll join us again. 
And uh, for my day ones, keep riding with me, man. Thank you, guys. I, I seriously can't say that enough. I fucking love you guys. I'll talk to you next week. I'm Ben Tompkins. That's real talk.